Happy Monday, entrepreneurs, and welcome to today's episode. Real quick, if you haven't gone back and checked out last week's with Serena Talbot, you're definitely going to want to do that because between Serena's episode and today's episode, it's going to give you a great handle on how your subconscious mind and or any past traumas or experiences in your life are really potentially getting in the way of building your success. So these are two episodes that I think you really want to take advantage of and listen to you know, together. I think it's a really great combo of information for you. But for right now, I am going to jump in with the incredible Nicole Lewis-Kiever. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. Hello, entrepreneurs, and welcome, welcome. Today's guest, you, you're you really in for a treat, and we are going deep with the topics that we're talking about today. So let me introduce you to Nicole Lewis-Kieber, and let me tell you a little bit about this incredible person. So she is a business therapist and mindset coach who works with entrepreneurs to create and nurture healthy relationships with their businesses. She's a licensed clinical social worker with a master's in social work and has a rich and varied experience as a therapist. Certified in Brene Brown's Dare to Lead methodology, she's also been featured on numerous media outlets, including Fast Company and NPR for her work in breaking the stigma of mental health and business ownership. She writes and speaks about the impact of small T trauma on businesses, but her biggest, more important work is in combining therapeutic processes with business coaching to help entrepreneurs build emotionally sustainable and financially stable businesses. Nicole, just thank you so much for being here with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I mean, I just, you and I have talked about this, like I'm a fangirl of yours because I just think what you're bringing to the world is brilliant. Just in that, you know, that last line of combining the therapeutic processes with the business coaching, because oftentimes we don't realize how much, you know, there, there's a pretty, pretty big overlap in those two areas. But before we jump into that, why don't you give us a little bit of insight, you know, about your journey through entrepreneurship until today? Absolutely. And forever, whomever's listening, we are going to be talking about trauma today. And um, so I would just give a content advisory to say, you take care of yourself. If we start to get into a topic that feels a little uncomfortable, maybe just take a pause and regroup. Yeah. Um, or resource yourself so you can listen in and, and find out, you know, what maybe you could do for it. Yeah. So we just like to give you that heads up. I think that's always the right thing to do. Thank you. Um, so as Michelle mentioned, I, uh, I was a therapist for 18 years. And one of the reasons I became a therapist is because I had my own childhood trauma that I really wanted to sort out. So what better way than to build a career around it? Right. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> so I must be a therapist. Um, 
And so after about 18 years of being a therapist, I was really in this place of burnout. Like I was having very odd physical, you know, challenges. They thought they actually were work, doing me in workup for MS because they thought that, you know, something was really wrong. Yeah. But it turns out I was just burnt out because when you go to school to be a social worker and therapist, no one talks to you about taking care of yourself. No one talks right. to you about energy hygiene, energetic boundaries. You know, it's see nine clients a day if you can. And, you know, let's pay you the least amount that we can. So it's not a recipe for satisfying work. And so I was pretty burnt out. Right. Um, and so I left the world of therapy and after a time ended up getting certified to do money mindset coaching with some small business owners, because I really wanted to understand um, the energy of money, because when you're a social worker, you're taking a vow of poverty and you don't always recognize that there's a reason why we did that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's usually connected to some childhood experience. And so. As I was doing so many mindset coaching with these entrepreneurs, I began to really kind of recognize that they were coming to me for a mindset shift that was not happening for them. And they had a lot of shame about it because they'd read all these books that said, you know, you need to change your mindset about money, or they'd worked with mindset coaches who said, just shift your mindset. A lot of just do this, right? Yeah. And it wasn't working for them. And they felt shame, not only because they needed the mindset shift, but because the mindset tricks weren't working for them. Mm -hmm. And I began to say to them, listen, you don't have a mindset issue. You have a trauma response. You're having trauma responses in your money. And so let's look at this very differently. And so from there, it really opened my eyes to the fact that, you know, trauma plays out in all the places, not just the places that we kind of are looking for it, you know, as, yeah. being, as again, being a therapist for 18 years. Um, and I began to notice this intersection between business and trauma and um, also began to see how, you know, me as a new business owner, because I had not owned a business before, and a survivor of my own trauma, how I began to replicate it in my own business, and had some very big moments of clarity that have really informed the work that I do now with my clients about this intersection of childhood trauma and entrepreneurship. Um, and so that's kind of the the journey that I took to get here to be this person who is, a, you know, my clients named me the business therapist. I didn't come up with that title myself, but it's because we are looking at, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And we yeah. do not drop our baggage at the door. When we start a business. We bring all of it with us into it, um, all of our strengths and those shadowy places too. So yeah, it's important yeah. to look at it. No, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's always interesting. And and I also struggled with the fact that putting a label on what I do around, like, are you a business coach? Or are you a life coach? Are you, and, and I never really could wrap my head around that because I feel like they're the same. Like I don't leave my life at the door because I step in for the business. Right. I know that sometimes, you know, people like things in little neat boxes, but it doesn't yeah. tend to work that way, folks, um, especially yeah. in entrepreneurship. Um, so speak a little bit about the work that you, that you do with folks. And, you know, well, I guess let's back up even further for those people who don't understand what, you know, for example, like little T trauma is or anything like that. Can you kind of, you know, really get the explanations out there to lay the groundwork? Yeah. And one of the reasons that I think it's important for us to define this is because we as a culture do not define trauma appropriately. Yeah. Um, we yeah. stigmatize it a lot. And so people don't recognize that they have it working through their nervous system. Um, and, you know, you can only, you know, overcome it and white knuckle it for so long before you have to get to the root of what the issue is. 
And we do people a disservice in this, in this culture, in this society by not defining it and people right. will dismiss it and minimize people's experiences. Yes. So a lot of people are walking around with trauma that don't realize that they have it. Um, so when I ask people, what do you, you know, if I asked you to define what trauma is or give an example, usually they'll say things like big things like domestic violence, you know, child abuse, uh, a catastrophic illness, uh, you know, PTSD from combat, you know, hurricane, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And the truth is, while that is trauma, um, and it's a big key trauma, it's kind of an acute issue, meaning like it's a one and done sometimes, or it's, it's big and then there's some recovery for it um, from some things, not all things. Um, but there's other ways of defining trauma. And one of the one of the most overlooked types of trauma that people um, are not aware of is something which we call big T or small T or little T trauma. And what it is, is it's cumulative experiences that we have over our childhood, because that's when we formulate who we see ourselves to be in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, they're cumulative in nature. They happen over and over. And we probably would not look at them and say that was a trauma. Um, but nonetheless, it takes us off course for the person that we maybe could have been. It changes our confidence, how we see ourselves, our sense of self-worth and value. Um, And those patterns, because they're cumulative and they cause us to constantly pivot how we see ourselves and how how we manage it, it comes forward with us into our adult years in some pretty dramatic ways that we don't really recognize. So some examples of small T trauma could be maybe you moved around a lot. You were always a new kid. So you were constantly having to adjust, you know, who you are and your identity to fit the people around you. Right. Um, maybe you had a parent who was ill. And so you had to be, a, a, you know, adult before your, your years. Um, maybe you uh, had a learning difference like I did that was undiagnosed. And so going to school every day and not knowing how to learn within the structures that you're around, that are around you, that's trauma. That's traumatic. So, what I like to say is that big T trauma explodes and small T trauma erodes, but they are both strong enough and powerful enough to move the mountain. And so we must look at them both. Yeah. Can you just say that again? Because I think that that <laughs> needs to be restated loud and clear for yeah. folks to hear. Right. Big T trauma explodes, small T trauma erodes, but they are both powerful enough to move a mountain because, you know, we can blow it up with TNT or that water, you know, that river, that creek can just, you know, chip its way through that mountain um, and erode its, its core of foundation. And so we have to look at it and understand that, you know, you probably haven't been given a chance to look at it because we minimize it and dismiss it. Yeah. Um, and that this is an opportunity, whatever symptomology or problem challenge that you're having, like this is an opportunity to really get there and understand what might be underneath the surface that you just kind of released as just having a rough childhood or everybody had a hard time or nobody got out unscathed. Like, so right. just, you know, just forget it, but yeah, yeah just, or just, it. just let it go. Like just, just let it not go. there anymore. Just let it go. And I think for, right. for you and I both know if it's on the subconscious level, if we could just let it go, I think a lot of us would have done that a while ago. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been, if we could have just flipped a switch, I would have saved a lot of money in therapy bills. <laughs> I know. Right. We're just like, Oh, I never thought of that. Okay. Yeah, thank you yeah, for that. I'll just thanks, stop. Thanks. thanks. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> But so talk about how, you know, the, the bridge between, you know, little T trauma and how you see it kind of manifesting in entrepreneurs and in the business world. Yeah. So 
I believe that when we start a business that we uh, actually enter into a relationship uh, because we are not our business. It's something outside of ourselves that we are relating to and that um, we design what that relationship looks like. And a lot of times if you've had some kind of childhood trauma, you know, centered around, you know, authority figures in your life or caregivers in your life, that we can replicate those patterns of behavior around relationship or security in our business. Right. Um, and I always tell the story about how, you know, I recognize that I was creating a demanding and demeaning parent out of my business when I first created it, where I could do nothing right. Like I constantly felt like a failure, it did not matter what I did. And so I recognized that I was the one creating that yeah. that relationship with it and that pattern. And so I could disrupt that, but you needed to set an intentional relationship with your business in order to do that. But again, nobody's looking for their trauma in their business. They're not looking no. at their business as a way to you know, create for lack of a better word, an abuser. You know, I was abusing right. myself with my business. Um, and so we're, we just aren't looking for that. So that's another place that I start with a lot of folks is first of all, defining what trauma is, which is usually a big wake up call for people. Yeah. Um, but then asking them, you know, how do you feel about your business? What, if, if I had to ask you who, if your business was a person in your life or your history, you know, who it might be. Um, and so that's another way for us to begin to look at how childhood trauma impacts the business is through that relationship piece of it. So it's kind of a relatable way to move through it and then begin to redefine the relationship. So it's supportive. And it feels like a partner to you right? as opposed to a boss, a mean boss. Well, exactly. And I think many entrepreneurs, we go into it because we're, we're, you know, putting ourselves. And I like the fact that you said that it's, you are not your business, right? Mm -hmm. Those are, that is a huge thing that I see all the time. And it doesn't necessarily, and I think people would con you know, contradict that with, well, then I'm a fraud, especially if I'm a solo entrepreneur, I have to put my business, my business is me, but there's a way to set the healthy boundaries between the two. Correct. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. And that, you know, when we're kids, we're very concrete thinkers. And if you have traumatic experiences, um, around, you know, how you see yourself or your value or just what's happening around us, because when we're kids, we download everything. Like we're noticing right. all things. And what do we do? We, we internalize all of it, right? And so we take internal and emotional responsibility for things that are not ours to take, that are adult in nature. Um, and so one of the boundaries, I think, within defining that business is to know that um, you are not your business because if you are your business, you're internalizing all of the aspects of it. And there's a lot that happens in your business outside of your control. Right. Um, and other people are in your business, exactly. right? Yeah. So it ain't yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> so it's so much about, boundary. <laughs> you know, what you can control and what you can't. And if there's been any kind of consistent message, you know, across the entrepreneurship community through this and pandemic has been like, focus on what you are able to control mm -hmm. and release what you cannot, um, which that itself is a huge lesson for folks it, in it general, It absolutely right? is. It is. And so that's one pl place to start is like that differentiation between you and your business, because when you think you are your business and you are taking responsibility for all of the aspects of it, you are internalizing all of it. You feel like you need to control all of it. And whether you are a solopreneur or not, you still have other people in your business relating to your business in different ways. Um, and it is still, it's still not you. Um, right. And I'm sure you have seen this too, that a lot of the people I work with 
are entrepreneurs and small business owners because of some experience they had when they were younger mm-hmm. um, that created yes. the desire to be entrepreneurial. And a lot of challenging experiences create that entrepreneurial skill set that we need yeah. to be able to tolerate discomfort, high levels of discomfort, right? Yes. Uh, wanting yeah. to be in charge, um, having that control and not have someone else have any kind of authority over us. Yeah. Um, so it can be a great motivator to be entrepreneurial, but at some point you're going to have to rely on other people to help you in your business if you want to grow it. And that's when the crap hits the van a lot of times. Well, right, right, exactly. Right. Or it's, or it's a matter of they went into entrepreneurship thinking there would be an aspect of time freedom and money freedom and kind of freedom in general, AKA healing of whatever kind of pushed them to that, Mm -hmm. to that direction. And they get there and they're like, wait a minute, this isn't, this isn't satisfying or healing what I thought it would Mm -hmm. or vindicating whatever it is or creating the life that I thought it would. So where did I do it wrong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And then it comes right full circle back to them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always ask people, I'll ask them why they started their business and they'll say, and I'm like, why did you really start your business? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Who are you trying to show something to? What are you trying to yeah. prove? What are you trying to overcome here? Because you really need to understand what that is so that you can actually get the relief that you're looking for. Right. And understand it without judgment. I mm-hmm. think too, because we all have egos, we all have crap like that. And that's not to minimize it by any mm-hmm. means, but it's just to, to kind of bring to the forefront that you are human having a human experience and people who come to, to me, and I'm sure, like you said, you see it too, is it's like business lives in this nice little compartment and I can analyze my money and I can analyze my marketing and I can do all sorts of things. Um, but I won't look at myself because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's too painful almost, but then you're, you're going to stifle your growth as a business owner, correct? Oh, absolutely. Because if you already feel uncomfortable, you're already replicating those trauma patterns, your nervous system is it, whether you think it's happening or not, your nervous system and your body are having a different yeah. experience. And if you don't look at it at some point, you, um, we don't want to grow what feels uncomfortable to us. You know, our nervous system is going to shut us down from, right leveraging, growing, empiring, whatever it is that you want to do off of a trauma that is um, already taxing your body and nervous system. Now it's not going to let you do it and it's not going to let you sustain it. So we actually have to look at it. Right. I mean, and, and your brain is, is wired to keep you safe, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's been stamped with, you know, that, that ability to kind of remember the past things and then anything that mirrors that or looks like that, it's going to tell you to run in the other direction, right? Mm-hmm. Just just from a science, I don't know if science perspective, I'm not even qualified mm-hmm. to speak about that. So you speak yeah. about that, but I mean, essentially that's what it is, right? It's going to move you away from it, right? It absolutely is. <laughs> it's its job right. to do so. And I think people, you know, in all of this mindset industry and personal development industry, there, there seems to be this focus on that we can change things. Yeah. Um, and we can, however, our nervous system and our brain has already decided who's safe, who's not, what situation is safe before we okay. have even, you know, had a cognitive thought about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we think we can control it, but we just absolutely can't. And that's why we have to look at all the pieces of it because your right. brain is working very hard to create that. Like Brene Brown says, your brain is wired for story. It wants to know who the good guys are and the bad guys are. That's it. Right. That's all it wants to know. Do we need to go over here or over there? And who's the asshole and who's not? Like, it doesn't care about the fact that you're running a business. It's all about survival and safety and, and checking in with your nervous system to make sure that you can have the, you know, chemicals that you need 
get the right. hell out. Yeah. Right. It doesn't then, do nuance. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, in all of the message that messages that you received to your point through the, through the little T traumas and the big T traumas, whatever, you know, whichever one, but I agree that nobody speaks about the little T's at all. Like, unless it was some massive, you know, blockbuster movie worthy level trauma, it doesn't, it, you don't get qualified as it. Um, yeah. But you know, for those of us, what is that? What's the age? It's like by age eight or something like that, eight or 10, where kind of your subconscious is locked your messaging in. What, mm-hmm. what is that age again? It is, I think it's eight. And it's like, I call them the building blocks of how we see ourselves in the world, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, whether it was a big event or a small cumulative event where you came home every day and you were ignored because people were busy or um, it, whenever someone did see you, it usually you were getting in trouble for something like, you right. know, those types of things add up. And it changes our, our worldview of ourselves in relationship to the world too. And, and by eight, that's pretty well locked in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to, for those people who going back to what you said before, you know, you, you I love the personal development space. Obviously we're, mm-hmm. we're in it. We play, we're in both it, in it. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but I think it is, it is a lot more complicated than just do your affirmations and believe mm-hmm. in it, right? Because you don't have the control if you're not in the driver's seat, um, which is why I want to segue to how you speak about kind of that inner kiddo um, mm-hmm. to CEO topic. If you're not in the driver's seat and your subconscious or your eight-year-old self is driving the car, you know, you can do all the affirmations you want, but they're not going to permeate, right? Mm-mm, exactly. You know, our inner critic calls bullshit on affirmations and so mm-hmm. do our inner kiddos. And right. um, in order for us to affirm and manifest, we have to believe that it's possible. And when you have right. trauma, your belief and trust is really eroded a lot. So um, so I believe that when we have those experiences, you know, uh, growing up, that that younger version, that seven-year-old self kind of gets frozen. It's like a glacier. It's like it right. gets frozen. Um and so she stops developing, right? And so that experience that we had in her began to inform the behaviors that we had to take next. You know, our brain's like, okay, that sucked. We don't ever want that to happen again. So let's move away from those types of people or those types of experiences. Right. And that kind of you know, cumulatively happens and kind of adds up. And so one of the exercises that I do with clients I work with is we start to identify like, what were some of those experiences that you had growing up that really just stand up now that you remember them? You remember how it felt and you kind of catch glimpses of it now still in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and we start to find who are the kiddos, right? Because they are your inner board of directors and they are directing your business, right? whether you know it or not. Because when we start a business, they come with us and we don't always ask them, hey, do you want to run an empire? Um, so your seven-year-old who doesn't feel safe being seen, is probably going to say no. And they're probably going to try and keep you from being on stages and podcast interviews and that type of thing. So we do that inner kiddo exploration to come and see like, who are the players? And then we do this visualization where we get them in the boardroom and say, okay, who, you know, who wants what job, who wants to be dismissed from this whole thing completely. Um, and then we give them jobs to excuse them see who might be impacting what. And, um, and then we kind of pull in that vision of that like really powerful design part of ourselves, like, you know, like our power source. And I call her the inner kid, a wrangler and, and bring her into the boardroom um, because they're meeting about what you're doing in your business every day. And so right. why not pull them into the room, acknowledge them, ask them what they need um, and, and let them know. And, you know, I always give this example of, you know, I was at a networking group and I was having a really bad day and I didn't want to be there and I was just in the worst mood. 
Um, and I left this networking group and I didn't meet one single person. I was having snarky thoughts about the speaker <laughs> and I was really mad at myself when I left because I'm like, why did I even do this? I, I drove an hour to meet people to further my business. And I've got one, not even one phone number. And I was just like this surly kid in the back room, right? not happy to be there. And on the way home, I was driving and I just, I just felt so disgusted with myself. And I pulled over on the side of the road. And I'm like, what is going on? Like what? And I had this real sense in my you know, soul <laughs> mm-hmm. that this kiddo voice was like, we don't really like doing this. It feels like the first day in the school cafeteria. We don't know where we belong. Why do we have to do this? Right. And it really opened my eyes to how those younger versions or those synapses or those experiences or small key traumas, however you want to look at it, that they direct us now. And that that part of me did not want to be in a networking event. They didn't feel safe there. They didn't know where they belonged. And that I did not recognize that I needed to address them and either ask them to leave their, you know, just go play or let's find you another job. Mm -hmm. Um, And I see that happen over and over with the clients I work with where they have younger versions of themselves directing them towards or away things in their business that can help them or can really harm their bottom line. And so they need to invite them into the conversation. Right. I mean, (sighs) And, and for anybody who's listening to this thinking like, oh, this is too woo-woo. It's not even woo-woo. Mm-hmm. This is like therapy talk for those of you who have ever been in therapy. Like, you know, that a key to it is identifying those different kind of splinters for lack of a better term, or these inner kiddos, as you calling them and reintegrating them into kind of the whole of the sum. And, but I, I love the fact that you, that you say like, you have to acknowledge them, right? Cause if, if not, they don't know that you're 40, 50 years old. They mm-hmm. think to your point, you're in the cafeteria and it's the first day mm-hmm. of school and I'm scared shitless and I don't know where I belong. And human nature is to assimilate, to belong in a tribe. So then you just screwed yourself too on that as well and freaked them out more. Yes. And, and you know, one of the, one of the things I say often in my coaching with people is that sounds like a very concrete thought yeah. in either or. So I'm thinking perhaps one of the younger versions of you that is in that developmental stage of a concrete thinker is probably the one here directing you to make this decision in your business. That it's either you do this or you don't. Like there's some middle ground here and there are layers. And when we can ask that part of ourselves, what do you need? I, I, you're, I'm activated. I can feel it in my body. I'm frustrated. Like, what do you need? you know, when we develop that relationship, they'll tell us, they'll be like, I want to not be here. Can I just, can I go have cookies? I didn't know whether I could leave the room or not, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, um, yeah. And so what we've been taught is to kill our, you know, to shut down our inner critic, to kill it, to slay it, to do all those things. <laughs> yeah. And the truth is that I believe that the inner critic is a protector of these younger versions of ourselves. And if we stop, take a breath and say, I hear you, what do you need? That that can be a huge game changer for us in our business. Um, yeah opening up space for us to do things that feel better in our business. I mean, that would just be a big game changer for us as human beings. If we could actually oh, just, right? <laughs> like in the back of my head, I'm going, can you imagine if we actually all just slow down long enough to go, okay, what do you need? And ask yourself just that in any form of yourself, like yeah. the, how much of a better place we would be if we were, you know, honest enough with ourselves mm-hmm. to acknowledge to ourselves and to others, like, this is what I need in this space, but especially yeah. to all those different kind of slices of yourself who just are all trying to integrate and exist together. And I like the fact that you, you brought up kind of that concrete or black and white thinking it's either this or it's that when 
you know, we, we do live in the gray, right? So if I, if I was understanding you correctly, when you're doing that, there's a time period that's kind of associated with that type Mm -hmm. of thinking, right? Developmentally, did I understand that correctly? There can be. Yeah. And a lot of, um, and that's a way for us to kind of investigate it. Um, or for example, I had another client who gives me, she's given me permission to use a story, um, where she was building a business with a partner. It was a a friend, a partner. Um, and she was starting to, she's like, I'm feeling really dramatic, like really hysterical and dramatic. And she's like, I'm really annoyed with myself. And I'm like, well, what are you saying to yourself? And she's like, for some reason right now, I feel like I'm not doing enough that I'm lagging behind that. My partner is annoyed with me. You know, I'm kind of behind the scenes. She's more out front. And that I feel like that I'm not holding up my end of the bargain and that she's going to leave. And she's like, I feel really you know, inconsolable over this. And what we determined is that when she was 13, her best friend and her walked to school together and her friend started to walk much faster than her and she couldn't keep up. And so eventually the friend stopped waiting for her, went to school, got to school before her and then started talking to other friends. And by the end of the school year, they were no longer friends. She literally got left behind. Yeah. Right. And so she was replaying that, you know, emotional, fearful, like, 13 year old self was really activated about this uh, partnership because she felt like she was going to be left behind. Right. Um, And so that's exactly what it can look like when a kiddo is impacting how we feel about ourselves and our business decisions we're making or, you know, whatever that may be. So for her, it was a very emotional 13 year old energy that was showing up for that. Yeah. Yeah, because we we are the sum of all of our our pieces. I Mm -hmm. think for some reason, folks kind of have this mindset that it's a linear, linear path. Like we've grown out of those pieces, but they are, they are what make us up. So Mm -hmm. it's only logical that if, if one is unhappy, that it's going to show up no matter where on the timeline of your life, 60 years old or 40 or 13, Mm -hmm. it's still, it's still living in there. Um, Would you say the majority of your clients as well? Because I, I like, think it's interesting that you went the money mindset route to begin with too, because I think that is oftentimes when people um, will potentially do something about it because they see that it's impacting their bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so do yeah. you see a lot of folks kind of, that's the point in which they, they raise their hand and say something's wrong or? Yeah. I, I do. And I think that some, to be honest, I think some of the people that you know, were attracted to working with me early on was because maybe they had not gotten therapy for something before, um, but they kind of wanted to, but their business motivated them, gave them the motivation to step in because of the yeah. bottom line, because the stakes were high. And I think they were attracted to me because I did have that therapy background. Right. Um, it's kind of almost like permission to get help because it was for, because it was in under the cloud of like money mindset stuff, right? It was a more respectable thing or whatever. Uh Yep. Less stigma. And I also think that, you know, a lot of the people that I work with, they come to me either for money mindset or, um, you know, with the money mindset, because again, it is that bottom line money is very tangible in some ways. Right. Um, but also they've been in this position where they just keep trying to fix it. And what I see people doing a lot is they're trying to put business solutions on emotional issues. So we get one more, yeah. one more marketer, you know, one more yeah. uh, sales funnel course, yeah. or, you know, uh-huh. one more business coach, one more marketing, whatever, you know, whatever. Um, and they're not getting what they need. Um, and it's because again, they're putting a business solution on an emotional challenge. And so I think it's important for people to see that 
Yes. Um, and so that's usually also when people come back, like I've tried everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm over here like cracking up at that because I think like that, I don't know. I think if I asked any business coach, people, that is like the number one thing we see. And they're like, it's my pipeline. And I'm like, it's not your pipeline friend. <laughs> Like, it's not like you can throw the resources all day long at it, but your worthiness might be in question here. There's so many different levels. Um, and I think, you know, I like, I like the fact that we're having this conversation. And I also like the fact that it's becoming a little bit louder of yeah. a conversation, but um, it needs to be a lot louder. I feel it like does. Right? I'm encouraged. You know, when I first started talking about this, um, oh gosh, four years ago, you know, I had a business coach tell me, don't use the keyword, you'll scare people, you know, call okay. it everything else, like burnout, stress, all the things. Um, and I had, I call a lot of flack from therapists. I call a lot of flack from coaches as well. Yeah. Um, but within the past year, I really noticed that people are much more open to this conversation than they were before. Um, and I think, yeah. you know, perfectly honest, if you didn't think you had trauma before, we all have it now because we are literally exactly. in the middle of a traumatizing yep. event. Yep, so I think people are more open to it, which is great yeah. because that means we're going to have more success in our businesses because we're addressing all of the facets. Right. I mean, I would, I would be remiss since I have you here <laughs> to, to not ask you about, you know, what do you think? I, I have a, I have venture a guess of what you're going to say here, but what do you think is going to happen on the other side of pandemic living? What mm-hmm. is your, what are your two cents on that? So I think that we are being shown in every corner of every, you know, house office corner of our country right now that the way that we've been doing things is not sustainable and it will not continue to work right um we are being shown that uh we are being shown that those power over structures will not be the way that people lead you know as mm-hmm. Brene brown says that those will not be the leaders in five years the right. people who exert power over is power with and we're going to see that in people's um decisions about where they work and how they work you know this whole uh you know companies were having talent retention issues before the pandemic and you would think because employment is low that they would just be able to capture anybody who wants to come work with them that's not the case people are literally saying no I don't have a job but I still don't want that job yeah Um, yeah so corporations and companies are going to have to address well-being and think out of the box because people are fed up and they're not going to accept the status quo anymore Right. And the same thing with businesses, you're going to see more businesses, you're going to see the gig economy grow even more. And there's going to right. be a louder voice about all of these intersections of what that means, whether it's feminism, you know, social justice, all of those, you're not going to be able to have a business that does not have those layers embedded in it, right. moving forward to be successful. It's just not going to happen because people are going to demand it and require it. Right. Right. And I think, I think at first it may, it will seem, it will seem painful, Right. Yes, but there course. is, you know, there's, there's no change with that. A little bit of pain, you got to go through it. Right. Um, and you have to swing kind of maybe to the, to the extreme and then back kind of to center on that, on that movement. Um, you know, for, for folks that are kind of coming out of it as well. I mean, my, my concern is that um, people are underestimating the trauma responses that are coming oh, yeah. mm-hmm. in a ma- in a major way. Um, you know, there, I think there is this sense of, oh, the light at the end of the tunnel, AKA the vaccine, AKA mm-hmm. like everything opening back up and the switch is going to flip and we're going to be all good. And that scares the hell out of me for us as a it society. Scares it scares me too, because you know, if you've ever been through a traumatic event or crisis, what we know is that we hold it together. Like our nervous system kicks yep. in to help us hold it together. Right. They can only do that for so long. 
without us replenishing ourselves. And we haven't really been doing that, but also when it, the perceived threat is over, mm-hmm. what happens? We fall apart Yes, because exactly. we can, right? And so I'm with you. I'm really concerned about what that's going to look like. And it's a call to action for people to take care of their mental health, to yes. let go of the stigmas yeah. about it, to let go of the moral judgments about whether someone has trauma or not and who gets right. to have help and who doesn't, because we are going to be in this, you know, kind of um, communal uh, letdown of stress hormone yes. and all that. And so you're yep. going to see people getting sick. There's going to be more incidences of, you know, of, of unfortunately of cancer or heart attack, all those things. And so we really have to understand this and build in some of those protections now to know that we need to go ahead and get into therapy now, yes. you know, get into, you know, whatever it is you think is the thing that you can do to help yourself to start doing it now and to make space for other people to also be able to get it. If you yes. have an employee and they need a mental health day, give it to them, mm-hmm. you know, get, give it to them. I have you know, people who work in my business right now that have chronic, um, chronic physical illnesses that are being exacerbated by this trauma we're under. They know that they can say to me, I know we have a deadline for today. Is there wiggle room? I'm having a rough day. And I'm like, fine. Yes. We have to make space for that. And all of the spaces that we're in, including our own businesses, mm-hmm. because we are facing that right now. Yes. It's yes. And I, I think it just, it's disappointing to see the marketing tactics out there mm-hmm. that are kind of like, oh, it's almost over. Look, it's almost over. Like without that caveat of, you know, I'm, I'm of the very similar mentality. And I, I remember I was told when I was like 19, cause I was having like massive panic attacks, but I would have them mm-hmm. at like weird ass times, like number one in like a random Walgreens parking lot. And I remember them saying, because you won't have it when you're going through it folks, or else you won't be able to continue to keep your shit together, to go through mm-hmm. it. So you mm-hmm. will have it after. So, I mean, yeah. for anybody, especially if you're running a business proactively, you know, trying to address that. And it's more, just to be clear, right? It's more than self-care. Can we just say that too? It is more than self-care. It's, <laughs> li- it's literally nervous system management. Yes. And, you know, your nervous system and you know, the vagus nerve and vagal tone, all those things that we're learning through research right now, it matters. And it, the fantastic thing is that it works. Yeah. You know, when you start to take some of those interventions. So trauma's for sale right now. You know, I see it all the time. It is for sale. And so if you are going to address it, make sure that you're working with people who have a level of expertise to handle all of the ways that your trauma shows up for you, not just one. Um, And that they're not including some kind of body, you know, movement or some kind of vagal tone exercises in it. You know, that's suspect to me. So take care of yourself, plan for this because it is coming. You are going to have a a letdown of your, you know, stress hormone. So like just prepare for it and and make space for it for the people around you too. Right. I don't know. I don't think it's a matter of if you will, it's when you will. It's when you will. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, just because like you said, it's, it's our bodies, it's our science. It's, you know, it's Mm -hmm. trauma lives in your body. Right. So um, it doesn't care about an Instagram grid. Exactly. No, shit. (laughs) it doesn't care that you have a deadline tomorrow, guys. It cares (laughs) that it's trying to keep you safe and survive and everything else. And then what goes up must come down kind of mentality on that with your system. So any kind of last words that you have to say to our audience, you know, just as, you know, a a last like piece of wisdom that you could give everyone. So I really believe in self-compassion when it comes to these things, because we have not been trained 
to look at these things or you know, to take care of ourselves. In fact, we are in systems growing up and now that actively keep us from looking yes. at trauma that, because they benefit from the traumatization of us, right? Mm-hmm. So if this feels hard or if you, maybe you feel dumb because you didn't, you didn't catch it and you're like, damn, how did I not notice that? Because you literally have been conditioned to socialize not to, right? right? And right. that's also part of the work that comes next is to start to break down those systems that socialize us to not take care of ourselves. Right. So don't beat your, yourself up that you can do it. In my assessment as a leader is to name your live experiences and to, um, you know, to really name your identities, you know? And so if you are someone who has ADHD or a neurodivergent brain, like I do, you know, I name that in my talks. I just let them know, like, this is who I am. This is how I lead. Right. And this is how it might work well. And this is how it might not work well. Um, And I think there's a lot of liberation in self-compassion and naming our experiences and allowing us to have those identities that make us who we are um, and then modeling that for other people to then be able to do so because that, that builds belonging. Yes. Yes, exactly. That, that in itself, I mean, don't going back to Instagram profiles, please don't act like, you know, there's a difference between again, your business and you, there's a difference between a brand and, you know, you telling the story of yourself, right? Those are two, two, two different things on a lot of levels. So, yeah. well, I love you. I love all the things <laughs> that you talk about. I, I just, this is something that's really, I'm really passionate for. Um, so can you tell folks where to find you because they, they need to. Yeah. So, you know, I have a trusty website that's out of date, like everybody. Nicole.lewis-keever.com. You know, you can find me there and, and reach out to me through the website. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Nicole Lewis Keeper Coaching. Very simple to find me there. And um, LinkedIn, Nicole.LewisKeeper. Um, no, Instagram, Nicole.LewisKeeper. And, um, you know, I'm also on Medium. I have a profile there, Nicole Lewis Keeper, where I write a ton of articles about how uh, childhood trauma comes up in our business in ways that we don't anticipate. So I recommend reading some of those articles. Yeah. Great. And I know Nicole does, she does great videos on Instagram too. So I definitely highly recommend you just checking her out because it'll make you, it'll make you look at things a little differently, which is always, always good to do. And for, for those who are members of my surviving entrepreneurship community, which you should be, if you're not, Nicole is providing us with an amazing resource. It is a trauma and entrepreneurship assessment so that you can, you know, really take the moment and look and say, okay, have I experienced small tree trauma? And it's a really great, you know, way to, to kind of examine that, which I think we all should be doing, especially in light of current situations. <laughs> um, well, Nicole, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you and everything that you are bringing to the world, my dear. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So Nicole makes a lot of pretty amazing points throughout this episode. And again, as I said in the intro to this one, the combination of Serena's episode, which was last week, and what Nicole had to say about, you know, trauma and the impact it has on your on your business here today, you know, really should drive home the point of, you know, you're not just your tactics, folks, your head, your mindset, the way that you operate, self-awareness, you know, really kind of dealing with your shit, all of the things really do come into play when you are running a business. You, they, they influence everything that you do. So you really should take some time to be aware of them, 
you know, treat yourself with some, some grace and space and move through it all. So that way you can truly step into the level of success that you're meant to, you know, to hold. And on next week's episode, I had the privilege of chatting with Ms. Pamela Bardhi. Now, Pamela has... (laughs) She's, she's massed like her own little empire. So she's a serial entrepreneur and a real estate mogul. And let me just, let me just give you a preview. She owned two restaurants in Boston by age 21. And now she's not even really that, she's not even close to in her thirties and she's already built out, you know, a nine figure business. So this is one person you're going to want to hear her amazing journey as to how her parents came over to this country and, you know, just how she's done what she's done because she's an extremely impressive person with lots to teach us. And, you know, as always folks, if you love this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review. And you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life. See you later.